Thank you, everybody. We actually spent some time together, so I didn't mind giving you a second hello. Not at all. We've known each other a long time. We've been friends for a long time, from the beginning of the campaign. And uh, this, these are special people. Please sit down. Vice President Pence, thank you very much for joining us, Mike. I also want to recognize Acting Director Homan, who's leaving us. He's been truly a star. And uh, he's leaving. He's retiring. But where is Tom? Is he around here someplace? Tom, stand up, Tom. Tom has been uh, doing what he's doing for 34 years and doing it with strength and uh, dedication, and you are really outstanding. And uh, you're, you're highly recommended. Replacement is going to do a great job. We know him well. He's going to do really great. Thank you, Tom, for those years of service. I also want to thank the incredible ICE officers, Border Patrol agents, and law enforcement officials who join us here today. Uh, if you could stand up, please. These people are also special people. Thank you. And they're good-looking people, aren't they, huh? Yeah. Good-looking people. Thank you very much for being here, for the bravery. What you do and what you endure is incredible. I also want to stand and have the brave men and women from all over government agencies. We have a lot. Just maybe just raise your hand or stand, but we really appreciate the job that you've done, especially during the last year and a half, because I know you've really put in a lot of extra. So please, thank you very much. Thank you. We're gathered today to hear directly from the American victims of illegal immigration. You know, you hear the other side. You never hear this side. You don't know what's going on. These are the American citizens permanently separated from their loved ones, the word permanently being the word that you have to think about, permanently. They're not separated for a day or two days. They are permanently separated because they were killed by criminal illegal aliens. These are the families the media ignores. They don't talk about them. Very unfair. We have to look at everybody. But this is a very unfair situation. And I knew that years ago when we would be together out campaigning. And I said, if this ever happens, we're never forgetting you. You know that, Laura, everybody. Incredible people. And they're dedicated. These are the stories that Democrats and people that are weak on immigration, they don't want to discuss, they don't want to hear, they don't want to see, they don't want to talk about. No major networks sent cameras to their homes or display the images of their incredible loved ones across the nightly news. They don't do that. They don't talk about the death and destruction caused by people that shouldn't be here people that will continuously get into trouble and do bad things. For years, their pain was met with silence. Their plight was met with indifference, but no more. I told them three years ago, 
when we were together. Day one, just about day one, I would say, I said, I hear you, I see you, and I will never let you down. And we've been working together, and uh, their loved ones have not died in vain. We all know that. We call these brave Americans the angel families, angel moms, angel pops. These are the angel families. Your loss will not have been in vain. We will secure our borders, and we will make sure that they're properly taken care of. Eventually, the word will get out. We've got to have a safe country. We're going to have a safe country. And your loved ones are going to be playing and will continue to play a big part in it. You know that, right? You know that. So here are just a few statistics on the human toll of illegal immigration. According to a 2011 government report, the arrests attached to the criminal alien population included an estimated 25,000 people for homicide, 42,000 for robbery, nearly 70,000 for sex offenses, and nearly 15,000 for kidnapping. In Texas alone, within the last seven years, more than a quarter of a million criminal aliens have been arrested and charged with over 600,000 criminal offenses. You don't hear that. I always hear that, oh, no, the population is safer than the people that live in the country. You've heard that, fellas, right? You've heard that. I hear it so much, and I say, is that possible? The answer is it's not true. You hear it's like they're better people than what we have, than our citizens. It's not true. In 2016, more than 15,000 Americans died from a heroin overdose. More than 90 percent of the heroin comes from across the southern border. Ninety percent. As a result of sanctuary city policies and fiscal 2017, more than 8,000 criminal aliens these are really hardcore criminal aliens. We're in police custody and were released because of our weak laws, weakest in the world, weakest in the history of the world. They were released back into our civilian population. And these gentlemen had to do some of the releasing, and I don't think you were too happy when you knew, because you knew. They know better than anybody. You knew what you were releasing. You knew it was trouble. And it often comes back to be trouble. Where is the media outrage over the catch-and-release policies that allow deadly drugs to pour into our country? Where is the condemnation of the Democrats' sanctuary cities that release violent criminals into our communities and then protect them, like the mayor of San Diego when she warned everybody that ICE is coming and they scattered? A big operation, very expensive operation. They were all together. They all scattered. And what are they going to do about looking at her, by the way? I've been asking this question now for four weeks. She can do that? And where is the outcry over the savage gang MS-13 and its bloodthirsty creed? Kill, rape, and control. Because the news media has overlooked their stories, I want the American people to hear directly from these families about the pain they have had to endure, losing not only their loved ones, great people, great Americans, people that would have been very successful, people that, in some cases, could have been here one day, could have been here.
I know the way you feel. Could have been right here, standing here. First, I'd like to ask a friend of mine for now a long time, Laura Wilkerson from Pearland, Texas, to come and share her story about her incredible, incredible boy, right? Come on, Laura, just say a few words. We want to tell you a little bit today about Josh. He was uh, brutally tortured, um, strangled over and over. He was set on fire after death. His last hours were, was brutal. As everyone standing up here, none of our kids had a minute to say goodbye. We weren't lucky enough to be separated for five days or 10 days. We're separated permanently. Any time we want to see or be close to our kids, we go to the cemetery because that's where they are. We can never speak to them. We can't Skype with them. And I want to thank you so much in this room for what you're doing to understand. You guys know the permanent separation. It's the media that won't share it with other people. Uh, it's permanent. We can never have him back on this, this earth. Thankfully, I'll see him again in heaven. But I want to thank you, Mr. Trump and uh, Vice President Trump for, um, I mean, Vice President Pence, for keeping their commitment to us. It's, it's been ongoing, it continues on, and please understand, there are so many more of us than, than what you see here that have the same story over and over, drunk driving, killed, over and over, and they don't prosecute or they let go and low bond, they're out in 30 days. Uh, it's sad for our country and it's time to take it back, and I wanna thank each and every one of you law enforcement you know it. You love it. You want to do your jobs. And thankfully, we have a president who will allow you to do that now. Thank you so much. Thank you, Laura. Next, I'd like to ask Juan Pina from Greenfield, California, to speak. Juan, please come up. Thank you. Thank you, Juan. My name is Juan Pina. First of all, I want to thank the Remembrance Project for bringing my daughter's name out to light and for candidate Trump to let me speak about her. And I've got a lot of people that I need to thank. My daughter was Christy Sue Pina back in 1990. She was kidnapped, strangled, stabbed, raped, and sodomized, and her new body was found in the artichokeville. I've been fighting for 28 and a half years. He's been fighting. He was loose for 25. In the last three and a half years, he's been fighting extradition. And on May 3rd, God answered my prayers. Mexico finally turned them loose to us, and he is now in the Monterey County Jail, and we had start court procedures for my daughter's death. And I want to thank everybody that was involved in getting them over here, the Sheriff's Department of Monterey County, for the investigator. The sheriff never told her, don't give up on this, just stay on it and stay on it. And she pinky swore that she was going to get him over there, and she did. And I just want to thank the president and everybody. And I just hope everybody can get what I just got. And I'm out here speaking for the thousands of victims that we have here in the United States. And I want to thank you all. Thank you. So Juan fought for many years, and 
Uh, it's uh, hard to believe, but that's actually a great feeling. Yes, it is. That you just uh, incredible job. Incredible job. Hi, Dylan. Also here with us today is Steve Ronnebeck from Mesa, Arizona. Steve, uh, if you could come up and share a few words, please. Thank you, Mr. President. January 22nd, 2015, Grant was at work on his overnight shift. <clears throat> An illegal alien came in, wanted to buy cigarettes, dumped a jar of change out on the counter. Grant went to count the change and wasn't counting fast enough. So uh, basically, this man pulled a gun. Grant did everything he was supposed to do and uh, gave him the cigarettes. The man went ahead and executed him and shot him point blank in the face. You know, you don't hear these stories, and some of our, our media won't, won't talk to you about it. Um, but this is permanent separation. For his birthday, I go to his grave. For Christmas, we set up a Christmas tree on Grant's grave. I received something earlier today from Director Homan as a challenge coin. And uh, I want to thank you for that. Uh, to me, this is a sign of integrity. I wish some of our media had the same integrity as our president, our vice president, Director Holman, all of you in law enforcement. I wish some of our media had the same integrity. And I want to thank all of you, especially our law enforcement, for what you do. Mr. President, Mr. Vice President, thank you. The members of Voice, Barbara Gonzalez, John Fury. AVAC, I want to thank all of them too, because they, they're helping get the stories out. 63,000 Americans since 9-11 have been killed by illegal aliens. This isn't a problem that's going away. It's getting bigger. Thank you. Sixty-three thousand. And that number, they say, is very low because things aren't reported. 63,000. And you don't hear about that. Also here with us today is Michelle Root from Modell, Iowa. Great place. Michelle, please come up. Thank you, Mr. President. My daughter, Sarah Root, was killed within 24 hours after graduating with a bachelor's. 4.0 in criminal investigations, out celebrating, stopped at a stoplight and rear-ended by Edwin Mejia going 70 plus miles an hour. He was arrested, but then he paid a $5,000 bail and now he has fled. Our separation, like everybody has said, is permanent. Sarah never gets to go on to be a wife a mother, a grandmother, an aunt. My son does not have his only sibling any longer. My life has been devastated. So has my daughter's family and friends. I want to thank President Trump, um, Vice President Pence, Barbara Gonzalez, John Freire, and Director Holman for all their support. They have never given up on us. AVIAC was a group that we started because we were tired of not having anybody else to go to to get information. 
when Sarah was killed January 31st of 2016, I had nobody, but I was thankful for my politicians in my area. And you know, President Trump was one of the first ones to reach out to my family. And he has been there from the beginning, never left our side. Now we just need to get my daughter's killer found. Again, my separation is permanent. Sarah's never coming home. I never get to take a selfie with her again. I have no more pictures of her. So please, thank you guys for everything. Keep up the great work. Our police officers, our Border Patrol, please continue to fight. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Mary Ann Mendoza, and my son, Sergeant Brandon Mendoza, was killed on May 12, 2014, on his way home from work by a three-time legal limit drunk um, who was also high on meth. He had drove over 35 miles the wrong way on four different freeways in Phoenix before slamming head on into my son's car. Um, as you know, they could fill this stage up every day for the next five months of victims of illegal alien crime, and it would just keep going. Unfortunately, we are members of a club of our children or loved ones who've been killed by illegal aliens, but there's hundreds of thousands of victims every year who are affected by illegal alien crime, rape, assault, identity theft. These are things that go unreported, unchecked, you know, if, if the public would go to illegalaliencrimereport.com and see the magnitude of crimes being committed against your fellow Americans by illegal aliens allowed to stay in this country, you will be sickened because the mainstream media does not let you know what's really happening. And we are here, the members of AVIAC are here to educate the public as what's happening. And if anybody's been a victim of illegal alien crime, contact us because we have close connections with Barbara Gonzalez at ICE, John Fury. We have connections at the Department of Homeland Security that we are trying to get people the help that they need and sent in the right direction. President Trump, Vice President Pence, you've just been there for us and there are no words to describe what your support and your caring has meant to each and every one of us. And um, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you very much. Come. Your story is incredible. I'm one of your legal immigrants. I came the right way. I paid lots of money. It took me five years to become a citizen, a proud citizen. And I didn't drag my son. He named himself German Chocolate. He was born in Germany. I didn't drag him over borders, through deserts. I didn't place him in harm's way. I protected my child from harm, but I couldn't do that on July 12, 2012. He was 30 years old. I couldn't protect him because an illegal alien from Guatemala with two felonies, one deportation, two DUIs, he was protected. Riverside, California, sanctuary. The judge, the DA, they knew who he was. They gave him probation after his second DUI. Five weeks later, he killed my child. And if that wasn't enough to deal with, this is my only child. I have no family. That's it. 
The public needs to know and they deserve to know that this could happen to each one of you at any given second. You hug your child, you send them off no matter what age they are. And then you get that ugly phone call that will forever change your life. And thank God, our president and vice president, voice, my family of Aviac, they rallied behind us. They were the only ones and gave us a little light. I was going to end my life. I had no purpose. But President Trump coming down that escalator that day and talking about illegal immigration stopped me in my track. And I had no clue at that point that I would ever be at the White House. And I thank President Trump, Vice President Pence, everybody behind me. I thank you. I thank everybody out here. Make sure you get our stories out. I brought my son. This is what I have left, his ashes. I wear his ashes in a locket. This is how I get to hug my son. So remember when you go home and hug your kids, that there are many of us, thousands of us, who don't get to do that anymore. And let's work together and get this done. All politicians, I don't care what side you're on, you don't want your child in a casket or in an urn. So get it together, for God's sake, for this country, for our citizens. Thank you. My name is Ray Tranchant, and I uh, retired from the Navy. I flew off of aircraft carriers and had a great Navy career, and then I started my family in the 90s. I had two little girls, Tessa and Kelsey, and they had a bigger brother, uh, Dylan. And I raised them, and uh, their mother uh, and her mom is Hispanic, and so Tessa was Hispanic. And they lived near the border as well. Um, Tessa and was 16. She was a dreamer, and so was her friend Allie Coonhart, 17 years old, 16 years old, both beautiful girls, and they just loved talking about the future. Uh, they went to uh, a Wawa in Virginia Beach to get a pack of gum, and they were stopped at a stoplight, and um, Alfredo Ramos was driving uh, at 70 miles an hour. Uh, he was three times the legal limit. He had been arrested before for DUI in which the judge um, gave him no time or, or fines. He had a fake ID from Florida bought by the cartels. Uh, he had a fake driver's uh, license on his car, uh, and he couldn't speak English. And he needed an interpreter for the last DUI hearing. Uh, he was also arrested for drunken public. Bottom line is he came in through Mesa, and he tried to make it, and he, he was going, he was three times the legal limit, so the police told me that at that, it's like wearing almost blackout glasses while you're driving. When he hit the girls from behind, it, it was an explosion. The neighborhood thought a bomb went off. Uh, the girls were almost instantaneously dead. They worked on Tessa for a while, and, and I got to see her in the hospital. There, those are the dreamers that the United States should focus on. I can't, I can't make an opinion about the young people that are here illegally because their parents brought them. But I can guarantee you the government had nothing to do with that. 
and everybody wants to blame, but the parents of those children are to blame. And there was a lot of, well, maybe they'll feel sorry for them because they're kids, and maybe if they behave, they'll just magically beat the system. My mom came from Ireland. It took her 10 years to get her citizenship. She had a sponsor. If she got in trouble, not only did she get in trouble, the sponsor was in trouble. I would have been speaking Northern Irish right now if she got out of line. That's the way it was with INS in those days. And mom loved being an American. I helped her study for exam. So I'm all about legal immigration. But the invaders and people who come over our borders and decide to take the law in their own hands and maybe are supported by a group of people that for God's sakes, I don't know why they would want to do it. It's evil, it hurts people, and it costs us billions of dollars a year. And they don't seem to want to pay for it. They want us to pay for it, the other taxpayers. I want to thank President Trump because when my, those kids died, I was, in, I was a city employee. Uh, so uh, of course I sued the city and uh, the judge and the adjoining city with the judge there. And of course, you know, they're immune. But it didn't make me really friendly with the city. It didn't make me friendly with ICE because basically uh, they claimed they weren't called. The sheriff's department said that uh, we called them and it was a back and forth. So no one took responsibility. So being in that situation where no one takes responsibility in this government at all means that you're standing in a dark forest at night when it's raining and it's cold and you're lost. Everybody you talk to, yeah, 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 but, you know, he was drunk, and you know, we have a lot of drunks here, and blah, blah. Let me tell you, the guy shouldn't have been there at that time. He shouldn't have been there, and we had many opportunities to, to get him out. So what's happening? Our uh, representative is the president and the vice president. They took us in, and we're going to fight this battle, and we're going to win it. And we're going to clean it up. And uh, I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud to be a part of that. And I will support you as law enforcement and my president and vice president as much as they need. Uh, I want to thank the Remembrance Project for standing there when I had no one else. And uh, God bless you. And I hope this doesn't happen to you. Thank you, sir. This is Tom Selleck, <laughs> except better looking, right? Yeah. Better looking. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Angel Mom Agnes Gibney. My family legally immigrated from Hungary. They, we escaped during the revolution. We couldn't come to the United States as my mother planned because my father was born in Yugoslavia and they wanted us to stay. And because my mother said no, they didn't allow us to come to, to the American embassy. We went to, we had a choice of uh, South Africa, Austria, or Brazil. We went to Brazil and uh, lived there 13 years trying to legally immigrate to the United States. When we immigrated to Brazil, we were stateless. We didn't belong anywhere because the government took our citizenship because we escaped. 
And when we came to United States, we were stateless. And I'm very honored and proud to say this is my home, my country, and I will fight for this country until my death. Thank you, law enforcement, uh, Border Patrol, uh, immigration, uh, Barbara, everybody that got me here today. And thank you for fighting this fight with us because trust me, you don't want to walk in our shoes. And President Trump, thank you for always standing behind us. You are the biggest birthday present I got. And I'm still waiting for that shovel to help build the wall at the border. I live in California. And I would like to ask if you don't want your state to become a sanctuary state. So I would like to ask President Trump if you would tweet and endorse us to fight sanctuarystate.com to help us so we're not going to go down. Because if California continues on this path, the rest of the country will follow. And I am so proud and honored of you, Mr. President. The integrity and character that you have shown us Pulling the daggers out of your back every day is not, it hasn't been fair, but I want you to know that I'm very honored to call you my president. And God bless you and your family always, and Mr. Pence, and God bless this country. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. This is my son, Drew. He was in law school in San Francisco in 2010 when Roberto Gallo tried to make a last-second left-hand turn and hit him. Instead of stopping, he tried to flee, so he accelerated, drove over his body. My son was on a motorcycle. His helmet came off, wedged under one of his tires. He backed up, driving over him a second time, and then trying to get away, um, went forward. By that time, a guy had gotten out of the car and stood in front of Gallows, and he stopped with his rear tire on my son's abdomen. And five, five people had to lift the car off of him. But I want to talk about somebody else. And you, you heard Agnes mention FightSanctuaryState.com. Um, in April of this year, I filed uh, with the state of California an initiative to overturn the sanctuary state. Um, there's just way too many deaths, uh, way too many traffic collisions. I should just add on an aside, you know, we, got, we gave out driver's licenses in 2015, and in two years, the first two years of that, traffic fatalities on what was supposed to be safer roads have gone up 19%, hit and runs have gone up 26%. Yet they're still telling people the roads are safer because of that. But there's so many other, and somebody who's not here, a woman named Veronica Cabrera Ramirez. Um, to give you an example of what happens with Sanctuary, um, she was, was a domestic violence victim, called the Santa Rosa police. They arrested um, the perpetrator. He was, had been deported previously. Um, ICE filed a detainer. Um, and then uh, the day that they decided to release him, instead of calling ICE and giving ICE a chance to show up, uh, they were an hour and a half away, uh, they gave him 16 minutes to show up and they released him. And 16 days later, he murdered um, Ms. Ramirez. 
And according to Kevin DeLeon, who was the author of the sanctuary bill, that makes the state safer. If you keep the federal police, the federal law enforcement over here, and you keep the state law enforcement here, that makes the state safer. That's absurd. It's outrageous. And something has to be done. And I hope that, um, as, as Agnes said, if, if this if we don't kill this in, in California, it will spread, and I know it already is in some places. It's a death sentence for American law-abiding citizens. Anyway, I'd like to thank the president and the vice president, everybody else who's here. Uh, Director Homan, thank you so much. You've become a credible friend. John Fury, Barbara Gonzalez, and my new friend today, Kristen Nielsen. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you all very much, particularly law enforcement. And I just said, would you like to speak? And you said, no, I, I cry too. She said, I've been crying for too long for too much. So it's fine, right? Yeah. That's good. Well, I just want to thank everybody for uh, being here. Uh, I've, uh, I know these families. I know many more families that have gone through the same thing. And uh, I cannot imagine it being any worse. But we pledge to act with strength and with resolve and in the memory of those who have been lost so needlessly. And it's because of families like yours that my administration created the new office of DHS, the Victims of Immigrant Crime Engagement, which has been doing, I hear, a fantastic job. They call it voice, so that your voices can be heard. Today, we have released the first voice report within the first months of voice. Uh, we've opened more than 2,800 victims registered to receive information on their perpetrator. We're following these people. We're following them. So it can't happen again by that individual. Voice assisted hundreds of families already connected them to crucial services such as grief counseling, followed up their cases, and helped ensure that the criminal aliens that harmed their families so egregiously were detained, removed, and deported. Our first duty and our highest loyalty is to the citizens of the United States. We want safety in our country. We want border security. We don't want people in our country that don't go through a process. We want people in our country based on merit, not based on a draw, where other countries put their absolute worst in a bin and they start drawing people. Well, you think they're going to put their good ones? They don't put their good ones. They put their bad ones. And then when they commit crimes, we're so surprised. We'll not rest until our border is secure, our citizens are safe, and we finally end the immigration crisis once and for all. We want safety in our country. We want strong borders. We want people to come in, but we want them to come in the proper way. So thank you all for being here. These are incredible families, incredible people. Your loved ones have not died in vain. Much of what we're doing today is because of what you've had to endure. And we just thank you all very much for being here. And God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're watching ABC News Live. I'm John Santucci alongside Terry Moran here in Washington. We're seeing President Trump. He just 
wrapped an event over at the White House with Angel Families. This is a group that uh, joined the president on the trail uh, when he was campaigning for the White House quite often. Uh, it's a group of families that uh, lost a loved one um, at the hands of an undocumented immigrant uh, here in the United States. They're all across the country, uh, families from California to Texas, uh, and it comes after a very tough week for the president. We know that he has been uh, up against uh, a deadline uh, down uh, against the immigration battle. Uh, what to do with these families who have been separated at the border? Congress uh, now stepping in. We're going to talk to our folks up on Capitol Hill at the moment. But Terry, you know, let's bring you into this because, you know, you've covered past administrations. Um, certainly uh, there are good weeks, there are bad weeks. This has been a pretty tough week for the Trump administration as a whole. Oh, I'd say it's, it's, he's been tattooed day <laughs> after day on this issue of family separation. This event, I'm so glad that I got this in this because I have lived overseas for four years and I haven't watched uh, the Trump presidency on right. a day-to-day -day basis. You can see the energy, the, the sorrowful but very powerful energy that helped fuel this moment on immigration and pushed Trump beyond the limits of what Americans would tolerate, what right. most Americans would tolerate. And that's where he had this odd, as you pointed out, mm -hmm. this loss of that excellent instinct that he has demonstrated for his base and for, yeah. for uh, his presidency. And he just stepped way over a line on yep. this that uh, even many, many, many Republicans who are with him on most mm -hmm. issues on immigration were not going to go along with this. An odd loss of of that touch of that instinct. Yeah, and I think got. many people have often said Donald Trump has a good read on the pulse of what people are thinking and how to react, what to say, just having a good sense of, as we were talking about, you know, as he campaigned, knowing what played in different areas of the country. And this one, as we were talking about the community as a whole, not a lot of fans around the country as a whole to the images. We saw a lot of the former first ladies come out over the last week reacting to this. I mean, this was tough stuff. And first ladies generally are much more popular than first men, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, much more popular than the presidents. Most first ladies, they've got poll numbers up in the 70s, 80s, 90s sometimes. And uh, if you lose them, it's, it's, yeah. you're, it's saying something. So, uh, because you know him, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn the tables and sure. ask you, why? Why did a man who has demonstrated on this issue, not obviously for all Americans, but certainly for the Americans that have voted for him and support yeah. him, why did he lose contact to such an extent that they said, no, no, the kid thing, we won't do, the children? Yeah. You know, I think if anything, you're seeing a real change for this president and the people that surround him, right? So as I was saying to you before we went on, we were watching this event with all of you, uh, the president uh, has always had a unique group of advisors around him. He's had his family, uh, those that really bring in uh, that New York uh, liberal feel. A lot of people talking this week about what Ivanka Trump, his daughter, thought about this. Um, but then you have people like Jeff Sessions and Stephen Miller, Sessions' one-time deputy, uh, now a policy advisor to the president, that have a hard line on immigration. So the president is taking in what his advisors are saying, but he is seeing those images. He is mm -hmm. seeing it more and more. And I think that the way this began, as you and I both know, is the way the media coverage started with it. We weren't seeing a lot of what was going on in those detention centers right away. And as the week went on, as we went through the weekend, we were seeing more of those visuals. The president is also the chief communications officer of this administration, and he quickly understood this ain't good. 
but it took several days and took his foot off the gas. But, you know, for his base, for the people who have supported him, immigration has always been a winning strategy for Donald Trump, as we saw as one of the key reasons he's in the White House. I want to bring in, though, to this conversation, ABC's John Parkinson, who's up on the Hill for us. And, John, you, you watched that event with us. You've also been watching um, what is uh, going or maybe not happening up on Capitol Hill at the moment. There had been a vote uh, originally planned for yesterday. That got delayed. Doesn't look like you're going to get one today. On the table now for next week? Uh, that's exactly right, John. Um, the president this morning, he had a big tweet where he essentially said that Republicans were wasting their time with any efforts towards immigration reform. And so there were a lot of questions up here at the Capitol this morning, just really wondering whether um, you know, this would take all the steam out of the negotiations that have been really going on the last couple weeks at a, a frenzied pace. So we saw Kevin McCarthy, the majority leader, he went on to the floor shortly uh, after votes this morning, and he announced that the House still will proceed to an immigration vote uh, next week. He didn't say which day, but he did say that uh, lawmakers will continue to work this issue on through the weekend. And, and over the weekend, John, you were mentioning to me uh, that there's uh, some uh, members of Congress, not Republicans, but uh, about two dozen Democrats that are heading down to the border, right? Yeah, that's right. They have a list of 28 Democrats that are heading down to the McAllen area of Texas on the U.S.-Mexico border. And uh, actually, one Republican has said he's going down. I don't think he's participating in that event, but uh, Congressman Mike Kaufman from Colorado, who's one of these moderates that's been working on the compromise bill, um, he's urging Congress still to move forward and get these votes done. I've uh, really been a player on that. And he's going to go down to Texas as well uh, this weekend to check out the situation there and, and to meet with some of these families that have been separated. Uh, the Democrats will be meeting with both children and parents that have been separated and touring these facilities uh, where they're being held and where they'll be held in the future. And we'll be watching that as it plays out. ABC's John Parkinson up on Capitol Hill. Thank you, sir. Let's go over to the White House where ABC's Allie Rogan is watching this event with us. And Allie, just before I get to you, um, you know, for some people that are just joining us, as I said, we just wrapped up uh, an event where the president spoke. Let's just take a listen to how um, he opened that event right when it started not too long ago. We're gathered today to hear directly from the American victims of illegal Immigration. You know, you hear the other side, you never hear this side. You don't know what's going on. These are the American citizens permanently separated from their loved ones. The word permanently being the word that you have to think about, permanently. They're not separated for a day or two days. They are permanently separated because they were killed by criminal illegal aliens. These are the families, the media, ignores. They don't talk about them. Very unfair. Ali Rogan, you know, it reminds me one week ago you were at the White House uh, as the president did uh, that marathon session running up and down uh, Pebble Beach, as we call it, but uh, the North Lawn of the White House. Uh, when he was first asked about this, what he was going to do um, about uh, this immigration debacle his administration was up against, um, you know, for him, though, Ali, and you, you like me, we both uh, crisscrossed the country um, as he was campaigning. This has been his bread and butter, and I'm just seeing those families around him, the photos, uh, those signs, uh, secure our border, protect our communities. Um, this is really uh, the area where Donald Trump feels most comfortable. It absolutely is, John, and it gets back to what Terry was saying about the president's razor-sharp political instincts and what he knows sells with his bait. 
uh, base. I know that, uh, as you've been discussing, this has been a really difficult week for the White House. In terms of the court of public opinion, and certainly this event gets him back on track with talking about his message, uh, the sort of red meat that his base wants to hear. Uh, the president talked a lot about the <coughs> children of the people who were present today that were killed by undocumented immigrants that were in the country. And <coughs> of course, while any uh, child that's killed, the death of, uh, of anybody is, a, is an absolute tragedy, but there are numerous reports right. that show that the rates of, um, of serious crimes among illegal immigrants is actually no higher than among native-born Americans. In fact, there's a, I was doing a little fact-checking as uh, the president was speaking, and there's one study from the Libertarian Cato Institute from 2015. They looked at crime rates in just the state of Texas, and it found that um, the, the arrest rates and criminal convictions in Texas were actually uh, among illegal immigrants were lower than those mm -hmm. among native-born Americans for murder, sexual assault, and larceny. So uh, there's, there's a little bit of obfuscation of the facts here, but certainly this is something that plays well with mm -hmm. Trump supporters, John. And, and Terry, you know, we were talking about this before we came on. You know, the president is going into the midterms. It's going to be the first real uh, challenge for him to see where the House ends up going. But, you know, Everything changes here on a dime. I mean, as we were saying, it was, what, a week ago? We were all in Singapore as we were watching the president sitting across from Kim Jong-un. feels like it was about 10 years ago at this rate, <laughs> but, but who's counting? How does this affect them going into November? Do you think immigration is something that is going to stick at the forefront of most Americans as they I, go to vote? I do. I think that immigration is an absolutely driver of an issue in countries around the world because mm -hmm. this is an era of uh, migration around the world. And the Americans are dealing with 60 million immigrants that have come since, since the 1970s. Yeah. And that is a hard thing for a lot of people to get their heads around. Trump has sensed that issue. He's mm -hmm. crystallized it. He's crystallized a kind of nationalist consciousness among a lot of people. Yeah. Hey, it's my country. It's not their country. Yeah. And he articulates that, and he will definitely drive that. On the other side, you have a, a much more diverse a democratic uh, voter base, and they are also have been crystallized into mm -hmm. an energy that we're going to take this country back. So it's going to be uh, an unpleasant issue. I would say one thing, though. Yeah. Economy's hum humming along. He's at 40-some percent approval rating. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the idea that you should change course radically mm -hmm. is going to be a harder case to make for Democrats. Well, and Allie Rogan, let me bring that to you, because when usually when you don't get lost on your way to work, Allie, you're usually up on Capitol Hill for us. So, <laughs> I know how you I know, ended up here. I don't know. Somebody gave you bad math quest directions yeah. today. But, you know, for... For this week, we have seen, as Terry mentioned earlier, we have seen a lot of Republicans come out on immigration. What was the most surprising to you, Allie? You know, who was the Trump loyalist or the person that's rare to jump into this fight that surprised you in your normal day job? Well, John, I would say all of them because uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell just this week came out before the president issued this executive order and said his entire Republican conference is united in believing that separating children from their parents at the border is wrong. You saw stalwart Trump supporters, including Senator Orrin Hatch of Utah, who's usually very uh, deferential to the president, come out and say that this was wrong. So again, I think this was <clears throat> a, a no-brainer for mm -hmm. members of Congress to coalesce around. But the big question I think we've had all week and going forward is, okay, so what happens now? The divisions, once you get past the issue of families being separated, 
is incredibly rife. There are divisions within parties, certainly among Democrats and Republicans, about how to deal with this. And those debates are going to be raging on. I think this is not an issue that's going to be solved in days. I think it's going yeah. to be weeks and months. I don't think you're wrong about that. You've got lost on your way to work, but you got that one right. Ali Rogan, we appreciate it as always. Thank you. Thank and you. before we leave you, uh, one of the 52 jobs here you have at ABC. <laughs> um, you also watch the Supreme Court for us. You would have forgotten we had decisions this week with everything going on. But but two big ones. Big so you ones. had the internet tax, which is a big win for state and local municipalities, and privacy. You pick. Which one do you want to go through first? Well, I love that, the internet tax one, because it does affect us all. E-commerce is a huge part, a central part of yeah, all our sure. lives, especially young people like yourself, right? I mean, older guys like me, we you actually go too. to stores. <laughs> <laughs> but they radicalized, radically changed yeah. the internet commerce business because what Supreme Court said was states can impose a sales tax. Right. Previous to that, based on a decision back in the days of mail order catalogs, mm. uh, states, uh, the Supreme Court had said you don't impose sales taxes on out-of-state sales that come through the mail. They changed that this week. States and localities won. Some of the big uh, internet sales uh, retailers, Amazon, Overstock, Wayfair, mm -hmm. which, brought, which was the dependent yep. in the case, uh, they'll have to pay some more. Mm -hmm. But the people that really got hurt, not consumers, they'll, they'll be, yeah. a, 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 you'll pay some more depending on what state you're, right, you're, right. Buy, you're buying in. But it'll be those mom and pop businesses mm. and those small businesses mm -hmm. which have grown up on the internet yep. and they now are going to have to lawyer up, figure out 50 different state sales tax yep. regimes and, and some of them aren't going to survive. And then the privacy. That's a pretty interesting one with everything really? we know right now with the government and other companies hacking into our devices, seeing what we're up to. I mean, a win for the consumer. A win for everybody who cares about privacy in the <laughs> digital age. And it came, surprisingly, from Chief Justice John Roberts, generally thought of as a conservative. It's a wonderful opinion. If you can plow through the legal stuff, take, take a look at it. It's, uh, it's U.S. versus Carpenter. Mm -hmm. uh, Timothy Carpenter was a guy suspected of armed robbery right. in uh, several places in Michigan and Ohio. The federal government um, went after him, and they got uh, his cell site location data wow. from the phone company. Like as you walk around, wherever oh. you go, your, tell, your cell phone pings the cell towers. Mm -hmm. Well, the government could just go to the cell phone company and say, we want the location information on this guy. Wow. He was convicted and he and his lawyers said they should have had to get a warrant, a search warrant for that. Mm -hmm. And the Supreme Court said, yes, that has ramifications right across our digital privacy sure. lives. They're saying that it's not just personal privacy, but it's your digital privacy yeah. as well, that the Fourth Amendment to the United States Constitution passed in 1790 mm -hmm. will also protect well, you. Well, and every second we are living in a digital world. People are watching us now from little boxes in the back of their TVs they're plugging in. We so hope. We hope. That's where we need them. All right. And next week, travel ban. Do we know a day yet? Uh, it'll be, uh, no, we don't know we the don't day, know but it'll probably be the last case in the term, so I'm going to guess Tuesday. Okay, and do you know who's winning, Serbia or Switzerland? I don't know Serbia or Switzerland, <laughs> but my hunch is the President of the United States, President Trump, will win in the Supreme Court on this travel ban. How, I think, how, are, are you good yet on most of your scores usually with I'm that? I'm pretty good on Forgo the Supreme Court, yeah. Uh, I hear from the control room, Serbia and Switzerland are tied. Okay, I'm rooting for Serbia. Okay. See what happens. Thanks so much for joining us. You're watching ABC News Live. For Terry Moran, I'm John Santucci. Make sure to watch us anytime at abcnewslive.com, and we will keep you posted as the day goes on.